Blog Talk Radio. Saturday I took a walk to zip her head I met a girl there and she almost knocked me dead Oh brother, please look at me What do you see? Let's travel around the world Just you and me, punk rock girl I tapped her on the shoulder and said Do you have a bell? She looked at me and smiled and said She did not know Punk rock girl, give me a chance Let's go slam dance We'll dress like mini pearls Just you and me, punk rock girl We went to the Philly Pizza Company And ordered some hot tea The waitress said, well no We only have it ice So we jumped up on the table And shouted anarchy And someone played a Beach Boys song On the jukebox It was California dreaming So we started screaming On such a winter's day Took me to her parents for a Sunday meal Her father took one look at me and he began to squeal Punk rock girl, it makes no sense Your dad is the vice president, rich as the Duke of Earl Yeah, you're for me, punk rock girl To a shopping mall and laughed at all the shoppers And security guards trailed us to a record shop We asked for Mojo Nixon, they said he don't work here We said if you don't got Mojo Nixon then you're sure could use some fiction We got into a car away, we started rolling I said how much you pay for this, said nothing man it's stolen Pump rock Salutations, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so today's uh, subject is there was an article in Guitar World uh, about the 20th heaviest songs before Black Sabbath. And uh, we were talking to Sporky, a.k.a. Antonio, a.k.a. my cuz, who was on last week. 
And uh, she suggested that we do this and talk about the songs that predate uh, heavy metal, predate punk, and and why they are, uh, uh, you know, why, why there are influences on them. So that's what we're going to do, and we're going to take our uh, our uh, cue from the article. So I'll kick it back to you, Stephen. And uh, by the way, uh, Antonia, anytime you want to call in, call in. We love you. Well, the first song on the list is a is a raunchy rock classic, and it's not raunchy because of what they're well the words are. It just got that nasty ass raunchy beat to it, don't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and also, wild thing. And of course, uh, featured in the movie Major League and various other cantations. Uh, if you this would be proto punk, there were a couple punk versions. My favorite would be X. Uh, did a really good punk version of this song, and you can't go wild thing. You make my heart sing. I mean, goddamn, it's 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 classic, classic song. Yeah, just that guitar beat, you know. <laughs> and why do we call the Show the devil's note. Well, sing. Tell them that one thing about the one from Wild Side, uh, West Side Story, and I'll get into the reason so, why. Okay, so so anyway, we we've been talking about this, and he calls it the devil note, but it's really called the devil's interval or called a tritone. And what it is, it's three major steps in a row, and what that does. And it gives you this interval that's really scary. And the best way to tell you what that interval is is to sing the beginning of a song from West Side Story called Maria. And go, Maria, I just met a girl named Maria. So, Marie, Marie, that's, that's your devil's interval. It's uh, called a tritone a diminished fifth or an augmented fourth. I tend to call it an augmented fourth. Uh, but all of those three uh, names are correct. And that's what the devil's note or the devil's interval is. And if you're in the horror films, the big three that uses the devil's note are the omen with Ave Sancturo. <laughs> And the and biggest else? one, it, I mean, it's such an effective use of it that just hearing the music saves the movie from being bomb. And that will be dun, 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 dun. <laughs> do do <Do-do-do>! Yeah. <laughs> yep. The devil, yep, though, right. as it's also called, is was, back in the 18th century was banned. Because all music was supposed to be happy, and they didn't want bad, you know, dark, scary sounds. Well, that that was all in the Renaissance, Steve. And and yeah. the thing about that is that during the Renaissance, it was decreed that all music should glorify God, and that particular interval was not godlike at all. So no one can use it. But once 
the the break between music and and the church happened then people started using it and of course one of the biggest ones in classical music is uh, a symphony fantastique by Berlioz which is all about you know uh having an opium uh dragon seeing the devil so yeah okay and so there you go the one they used in uh Fantasia Oh yeah sorcerer's apprentice is another one Absolutely. Nine on Bald Mountain Night on Bald Mountain also uses it. But you'll notice. Uh, yeah, sorry to, to, to let all the uh, uh, listeners listen to the Mormon uh, ta- uh, tubercular choir, but but we're but, we're kind of uh, not on our our yeah, best really, singing voices tonight. The reason this is most of the songs have that. Like definitely, Wild Thing has it, doesn't it? No. Not really. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't, but it, it, it's not prominent like some of the other it's ones you hear. It's not prominent, but it's there. Like, mm-hmm. okay, here's the thing for our second song, which you're moving to. The legend says, Pete Townsend said, I can see for miles the dirty, dirtiest, filthiest, hardest song they've ever recorded. And that just amuses the shit out of me. Because before I heard that story, did you ever think of, God damn, that's fucking hard, when you're listening to, I can see for miles and miles. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, really. And Helder Skelter is a great song. No question. What's that laying on the floor, Carl? Let's see. Is that a spork? Uh, (laughs) It could be. It could be. Is it a sparky? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <clears throat> Hi, Carl. Hi, Stephen. Hi, sweetie. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Uh, uh, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, your tritone uh, explanation was perfect. It was beautiful, and I was uh, privy to the fact that it was banned at one time and uh, how Black Sabbath brought it to life. Uh, so I really enjoyed that part of the show. You're very knowledgeable, and you're a good singer. <laughs> well, I still say I'm part of the Mormon Tubercular Choir, but nonetheless, okay. I am a choir director, so yeah, I do know how to do it. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and I've got some bad news for you, Sporky. Okay. Uh-oh. Since this is your second show, you're officially one of us now. You're a member of the Cult Side Radio family. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. And we have something <laughs> special for you, don't we, Stephen? Yeah. Okay. You want to play it now or? Uh... Yeah, let's play it now. Let's play it now since she's on. Absolutely. Let's play it now. Bear with us, Antonia. Bear with us just a moment. Okay. I'll put it. You want to find it and do it later? <laughs> no, yeah, we'll keep on talking, but yeah, I got, okay. I'll, I'll, it'll be so, done. So, so uh, Antonio, uh, um, but what, yeah, was what are the, some of the songs? Uh, we're on, on the second song on the list. Is like 
Pete Townsend is saying that his song is like, you know, this is the hardest song ever. And uh, Paul McCartney was like, oh, really? And that's how we got basically the hardest freaking song that the Beatles ever recorded, and that's Helter Skelter. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, good, good tune. Good tune. Uh, certainly, you know, uh, that was completely different than, than what we were used to at, at that point and what, what we had grown up. Because I remember, of course, the early 60s stuff, you know, yesterday and I want to hold your hand. And being at the premiere with my sister and my cousin uh, screaming like banshees at, uh, at uh, the debut of their movie. So much, much different. I mean, Zach, so, what did the, you think the first time that you heard it uh, after knowing the Beatles stuff, uh, Sporky? Well, um, I, I I was born a little later, so when I started listening to music, it was starting with, like, Hey Jude, when I first listened to the Beatles. Uh, it didn't start with, uh, it started with Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And that was my childhood exposure to the Beatles. And it wasn't until after I heard about Charles Manson that I was intrigued with the White Album uh, because Charles Manson drew inspiration from that album to commit his horrible crimes. And so the songs, uh, Little Piggies and Helter Skelter, and uh, those songs that were associated with murder, uh, specifically to the Manson family, were was scary for me as a kid, but intriguing, and uh, I really delved into it. I really was a big Beatles White Album fan, very big, uh, but much later, much later. And I'm amazed they didn't cut out the last line of the album of that song. It still cracks me up today. Where Ringo gets pissed off and goes, I got blisters on my fingers, and then those are both <laughs> dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what was uh, your so, top five songs again that you gave to me? I got them uploaded. Just tell me. Okay. Yeah, okay. Go um, I've got a, I've, <clears throat> I've got a seven-song list. But uh, I just uh, jotted down five. The most influential songs that I think on punk rock were uh, MC5, Kick Out the Jam, um, The Stooges, I Want to Be Your Dog, The Kinks, You Really Got Me, Communication Breakdown, Led Zeppelin. Uh, and uh, this one I'm song. Sorry, but that yeah. first one you said it wrong, and I've got to teach you how to say it right. So. <laughs> I'm gonna 
Because you also mentioned Sporky uh, Communication Breakdown in your list. And, of course, yes. then the next one on the list is the MC5. So, yeah, two of them uh, 
at, at one uh, swing. Very good. Oh, yes. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, did you guys download Old Man Going by the Pretty Things? Yeah. But firstly, uh, the surprise is prepared. I may be slow, but here it is. If you've only heard the album version of this one, you really haven't heard it before. This is a band where their studio albums were punk as hell and kick-ass, but once they went live, they took their songs to like 100. Wouldn't you say, Carl? Yeah, easily. Look, uh, again, you could kick me in the ass. Never got to see them live. Sorry, I'm horrible. And to dedicate this to Sporky becoming one of us, here is the live recorded at the Rainbow in 76 version of the Ramones Pinhead. Three times. Yeah, good for you, man. I never got a chance to see them when I was in New York. Yeah, I saw them open for Eddie. 
Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Stephen. Please go. I think by the time Carl was in New York, the Ramones was out west and playing their English dates. Yeah, basically. Okay. Basically. Yeah, they I didn't for Eddie Blaine. So. All oh, right, okay. so where are we, Stephen? Where next to? We're on communication breakdown. And tell us about this unique version of it that you got me to upload, Sporky. Oh, the DOA version? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, DOA, uh, I, I don't have the facts and figures. I don't know the years and dates and stuff. Uh, I just know that they they did this song uh, that um, I think Led Zeppelin did perfectly, and I think DOA thought they did perfectly, too. They didn't change it up much. They kept the same um, the same rhythm and pace, and uh, they're just as hard and fast as Led Zeppelin, or Led Zeppelin is just as hard and fast as DOA, and uh, it was just, uh, it's just a great cover song uh, of a of a really hard rocking pre-Black Sabbath song, Communication And breakdown. unlike uh, the Led Zeppelin version, to quote, like, to quote Frank Zappa, there's no doodling in the DOA's version. Mm. Okay, no, yeah. So, so we'll be we back go. in one minute and 57 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so when I say lean, I mean lean. You guys want to sing along with me? <laughs> Our communication breakdown. Hey, girl, I want you to do it. Hey, girl, drive me to ruin. I don't know what I like about you. I like it a lot. Won't you let me help you? You're loving I told you earlier today to 
my neck would be hurting after that song was over. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. Good. Friggin' Ford. Nice. They just tear it up. Yeah. And DOA is a good man. If you haven't heard any of their stuff, you need to look it up. Ain't that right, Sporky? Yeah. Definitely. They're from Vancouver, Canada. And uh, I've met Joey several times. I've met DOA several times. And um, he knows me. Uh, I know him. Uh, He's joining the Green Party in Canada. Um, and he, he runs for office on the Green Party, and and he serves uh, he serves uh, some diplomatic time up there. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. Well, and next yeah. on the list is Steppenwolf, Born to Be Wild, which I would replace. Yeah. I wouldn't replace it. I, I'd keep it there. I mean, you know, huh. that, that comes from the Easy Rider soundtrack. It's, it's a great yeah, song. Yeah, but once you hear what I'm saying, Fork, you understand. That's not their punk song. If you want to get into their punk stuff, get into uh, America, uh, Snowblind, where you talked about, did you ever see your best friend, did, uh DOA in on the sidewalk from taking too much coke? <laughs> no, never. Yikes. No. They they drink a lot of beer, but I've never yeah. seen drugs around them. Mm-hmm. And of course, they're <laughs> handsome, which is, I say, goddamn, the push of man. Yep. <laughs> yep. Agreed. And they're, they're I great group. I'll visit this. Well, no, it's a pretty short. Uh, another guy named Fred, another New York punker. We use this. We have a show we do on Saturdays once a month, and this is a bit from a Steppenwolf song. And this one we use as our theme. Tell me if you tell me how punk this is. Okay.
If that's punk rock, that's the prettiest punk rock song I ever heard. Yeah, really. Well, the whole well, the whole thing uncut is a six-minute song about how America has basically stole the land, treated the Indians mean, killed them with poison blankets, beaten those in slavery. That's more like folk, I think, because, uh, yeah, that's more like uh, a folk song, probably more in line of, you know, Woody Guthrie and who are well, probably in between because I've always said that, that, you know, punk can be any style, but it has to have a sneer to it. And I certainly have yeah, a sneer. Like, I'll give uh, it. Like Woody Guthrie's guitar case.
Why did you pick that one, Sporky? Oh, I think it's great. Um, yeah, I remember that album. I don't have much to say, guys. I'm sorry. I'm I'm very ill prepared. That's why. It wasn't oh, don't worry. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just say what you want to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of slow, but <laughs> I prefer fast music. But it, but, yeah, but you you uh, know what? I gotta say that the sleigh bells are are a perverse little touch. Seriously. <laughs> I think it's a perfect yeah, Christmas song. How popular is this song actually. in the S&M scene? Uh, yeah, I would say that. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I have my own dog collar. Never mind. We won't go there. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but really, now, when the dude just hit in 69, the scene was not ready for them. <laughs> no, not at all. Not and, at all. Uh, Speaking of uh, that, not ready, this is the one that Carl picked, and we'll have to go back to the later years of uh, who was it that kicked the doors off the air? Ed Sullivan. So he picked up. Okay, his, uh, no, 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 no. We're gonna uh, Stephen, Stephen. Huh? We're at we're at Inagata to beat us. So pick up uh, Atomic Rooster. Atomic Rooster is the one I want. Have to go to her deep purple pick. Oh, okay. Do the deep purple and then, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Sorry. This is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sporky. This is, uh, Highway Star is, uh, deep purple, oh, purple version one, I, right? Yeah, but you can't play that song because I sent a note to Carl. It's 1973. Oh. We don't really care. <laughs> you don't care? It's, no, it's no, 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 that's okay. That's okay. Okay, yeah, Highway Star. You know Keep why? Because nobody's going to take my car. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay.
Okay, we're going to cut that down since it's six minutes, and uh, we've lost our silverware, Carl. Oh. All right. Sporky, as always, it's it's a pleasure to have you on, sweetie. We love you dearly. Hopefully she'll come back, but next is on the list is uh, the one that she was going nuts for, and that's... Uh, Old man going by all the pretty things. If she goes nuts about it, that means shut up, Carl. We're going to listen to it. Absolutely. There's a 99.99% chance this this stuff is going to rock. Yep. Tell me about it. 
Ah, Sparky knows her stuff. Yeah, but what do you think of those drums, man? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. What was the name of that one again? Give it to us again. Old Man Going by... uh... The Pretty Things, right? Yeah. The Pretty Things, okay. Old Man Going, 1968. Nice. Nice. And, and before I give you this next one, but you're going to tell about, listen to this version of it. The two-note power chord riff alone would have enough to inspire legions of heavy rockers to come. But the minute Dave Davies took a razor to the speaker, cone to his epico ramp, all bets are off. Okay, what part of that telling of the story is bullshit, Carl? Uh, basically, none of it. Because what happened was, um, so so Ray Davies tells this story, and so does Dave. Ray has done it, and he calls it the story of the green amp. And basically, uh Dave was pissed off that the, the the amp wasn't sounding like he went, and so he went and he took a knife and he uh, basically cut the speaker. And all of a sudden, this fuzz came out. And it's like, oh my god! And of course, immediately started with that riff. And of course, that's the whole thing that w- they were down to the last single at Pi. Uh, and and uh, if they weren't going to hit with this song, they were not going to hit at all. And of course, the song is "You Really Got Me," and it's rock fucking history. And it it, it set the tone for rock and roll and changed the whole uh, um, the whole venue seriously. And so yeah, Ray, you know Ray Davies and particularly Dave Davies. And this guitar sound and and the uh, green amp and slashing the speaker changed rock and, and roll. Buzz tone. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Next so here we go. List, you got this. Next on the list is number twelve. No, I didn't get this one. You didn't say to. This was after you said it. Okay. Next All on right. the list is Screaming Jay Hawkins. Not a song. Just screaming Jay Hawkins. Okay, I got, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about Hawkins, okay? <clears throat> screaming Jay Hawkins, and there are other people on this list that that are, you know, progeny of him, you know, come after him. But he was a guy that used theatricality. He used to have a bone in his nose come out of a coffin with African... Uh, voodoo uh, uh, beats and would do songs like uh, I Put a Spell on You and just wonderful. He does uh, late in his career, he did an absolutely fantastic cover of uh, Tom Waits' Heart Attack and Vine. Um, also used a lot of humor but and, and, and just one of my heroes. I love Screaming Jay Hawkins. And and the whole idea of any theatricality in music, uh, and, and you take a look at someone like the Tubes, if you don't think the Tubes didn't know Screaming Jay Hawkins and other people of that sort, another one would be Screaming Lord Such from England. 
Well, there's another one on the list, which we'll get to a little later. Who um, uh, comes a little later than Screaming Jay Hawkins? But yeah, Hawkins is just phenomenal. And just put his name in on YouTube and listen to any damn thing that comes up. Seriously. Constipation Blues. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Who else is going to? Yeah, he does a great. He, was... he does a great. He does what? a great song called Stroking, too. I'm stroking. <laughs> no, that was uh, oh, Clarence Carter. Yeah, yeah. Carter does. He does, Carter. Uh, he does stroke it. Then he gets into bite it. <laughs> and yeah, then at the very end, it's uh, suck it. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it. it's, it's, it's a remake <laughs> of the Carter, but it's. Funny as fuck, man. The way he does it, I I I, I love Screaming Jay Hawkins. Just love him to death. And don't forget, he was in Mystery Train, Jim Darney's movie. Yeah, he's great in it too. Well, I thought right. I got this one, but I didn't, so I screwed up, and that's Blue Cheer Summertime Blues. Jesus, what a raunchy, raunchy, raunchy guitar riff on this. This one takes fuss tone and takes it to 11. <laughs> uh, it takes it to about 23, actually. But, yeah. yeah. You know, and I like the original. The Eddie Cochran is a great rockabilly tune. It's a great rockabilly tune. Uh, and, and uh, but this version, holy mackerel. Good God. Yeah, it's good. And uh, it wasn't a big hit, but by God, you know the song. Next is Bitter Creek Plastic Thunder. This is a band that, well, according to this, not as much as know about Bitter Creek behind the fact that they existed in the late 60s. I think this is another garage band that went to one of them local companies and recorded a record and put it out their sales and there's only like 40 or so copies of it out there. Yeah, true. Uh, Rhino did a hell of a compilation of that called Garage. Now, what was it they did? The garage one they did are just bands that like that. They put out like one yeah, single. Yeah, they, they did a couple like that. I don't know the exact, exact uh, uh, title of, of of the set, but yeah. Yeah, if you're looking for some raw, raunchy rock and roll, that it's a great set. And next is Pink Floyd Denial. Okay, song. so so wait a second, wait a second, because okay. you missed something. Okay, and it's one of my songs that I want. You missed Inagata de Vida, which was number eight on yeah. the list. Okay, now this is a song I would replace with another song. And did you download uh, 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 Atomic Rooster? Let's see where I've got it. I know I put it up. Let's see. Yep, I got it. Okay, so our butterfly, Inagata de Vida. Okay, we're not going to do the whole thing. Not, but I'll, I'll tell you to cut it when you cut it. Um, but um, it's a 17-minute song. 
it's crazy, and, and and it's a good song. I'm not saying, but for me, there's a band called Atomic Rooster. Now the uh, piano player, organ player, is a guy by the name of Vincent Crane. Vincent Crane was also involved with someone else on the list, which we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, this is a song that I would have on the list. It is something that I have every year on my Halloween list to listen to, and it's called Death Walks Behind You by Atomic Rooster. And we'll go into uh, right when they start singing. So, okay, go ahead and start it, Steve. Button work. Okay, there we go. kicks ass. I'm sorry, that's better than it got of the Vita. No question. And I remember my brother had that album. Just uh, overplayed. Yeah, but but the thing is, my brother had that album. And I heard it and I like stole his album. Seriously, that's mine now. I want this one. And and I love that band. Great fucking band. Only put out two albums. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so where are we now? Uh, Pink Floyd Denial song, which was, okay, you fucking idiots, why are you putting on one of the number one art prog bands on a heavy rocking thing? And I like Pink Floyd. I like them a lot. But no. Oh, so do I. 
they so do I, but they're prog rock. Now, I actually have a song. I have a song that replaced this one, and I wondered uh, if you had it up, and that would be the Rugby's. Uh, no, slash I. Time. Sorry. Okay. But but for those of you, uh, go out to uh, uh, YouTube, get on YouTube, and look for the Rugby's U slash I. Okay? And check that one out. And here's one I would replace. We don't have it up, and it's Blind Willie Johnson, Dark Was the Night, Cold in the Ground. I'm a, it's maybe an easy pick, but I'm amazed it didn't have it on there. What? Which would be Manish Boy. You don't get more punk or metal than... The thing, the thing about the Blind Willie Johnson, for those who don't know the tune, just listen to the soundtrack to Paris, Texas, and Ry Cooter's version of it, uh, because that's that's the theme to Paris, Texas. And the way the Blind Willie does it, the one thing about his slide was he used a butter knife, and the sound that comes out of a butter knife with a steel national guitar is real eerie and strange and 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 that's what what they're really referring to with this song and why it's on the list but it's a great song oh, I agree with you it belongs on the list yeah but I would but manage but that over you know yeah, yeah man sounds a great thing are you kidding of course and of course that whole do 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 is such a standard blues that then was taken into rock and roll. I mean, it's a standard uh, feel to it. So yeah, absolutely. Next is Cro Magman Caledonia. Now you didn't get this downloaded, did you? Because what I will tell you, no. anyone who's listening to this, find this on YouTube. Because this thing, I have fallen in love with this, too. <clears throat> it's one of the most wacky things I've ever heard. Because it's evil-sounding. It comes from Scandinavia, I think. No, actually, it was recorded in New York City in the late 60s. But fucking bagpipes. Okay? And and uh, really, really strange fucking film. Fucking song. And I love it. So, yeah, you need to check this out. And it's um, Cro-Magnum, and it's called uh, uh, Caledonia. And before we move on to Cream Sunshine, Down Your Love, would you say that a punk song, even though it's only three songs about, then has, this album has songs about S&M? Okay. One of the most famous S&M books ever, which would be Venus and Furs. Yep. Uh, a song about getting strung out on heroin. Yep. And this one, which could be with weed, just waiting for your drug dealer. Would you consider that punk? Yes. <laughs> well, certainly drug culture at the time. 
pretty—I wouldn't call punk, not stylized, not stylistically, but but nonetheless, very very influential. You wouldn't have punk if it wasn't for the Velvet Underground and Nico. You wouldn't have the New York Dolls. You wouldn't have. Uh, oh hell know. no, 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 no! Definitely not not Velvet Underground. Uh, absolutely, fuck a day. Lou Reed, you know, even even his stuff that he did afterwards. Walking the Wild Side, Dad. No question. Real New York. We can't talk about Walking Real the Wild Side because he says colored girls in it. Yep. That's a naughty word. So, so I have a question for you because we were at Cream Sunshine of Your Love. Did you yeah. get a chance to download uh, Dirty Water by the Standells? Yeah, but we're going to play my song first, son. Okay, so do your song first. this last week. Hold on, Steve. Where yeah. the New York when I was in New York in the eighties, uh, you know, and that was the real influence. It was more post punk and was more English and it was Ian Durian. It was I always wanted more musicality out of it. You know, I mean that was my 
So yeah, I wasn't I wasn't hardcore by any means. There's no question I wasn't hardcore. I know. I just I just find it funny. It's like you, ooh, art, me, ooh, song about being strung out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Talk but about you know what? The bird, you know. But you know, you know the thing is too. I go back a little earlier, and and, and one of the things, and particularly uh, with me collecting records, uh, I got into real garage, 60s garage stuff, which to me, if you really listen to the 60s garage stuff, is the real, you know, Petri dish for punk punk music. Um, And we got one that I would replace sometime in your... Okay, you, One of the few okay, garage so let me finish, band, let me finish, band songs. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. So uh, anyway, we did uh, – uh, so this garage rock, one of the ones that I think is very seminal song is uh, the Standells, and it's called Dirty Water. And you have that up, don't you, Stephen? Yeah. That's what I was Let's trying listen to, to it. To. Okay. That's what Go I was trying ahead. to sing into. The one of the few – Garage rock bands that actually had a top forty hit. Mhm. And I fucking love this song. And you'll still hear this today before any Boston baseball game. Now, we dedicate this to Keith Hayes. Keith, this is for you. Oh, well, I would dedicate after last football season, I'm a loser by the Beatles, but hey, let's not get into that. (laughs) We love you, Keith. I'm going to tell you a story.
talk about down and dirty? Oh, yeah. That's as dirty as they fucking come for 1966, man. I wish those days them doors were locked. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, think about the Here's a little little Uh, trivia. Hold on, Steve. Hold on. Little trivia. Did you know that the Standells were on a sitcom of the 60s? Do you know which one it was? What? The Munsters. Nice. <laughs> Seriously. They're on an episode of the Munsters. They're playing <laughs> the, uh, like, uh, Pat Priest. What, what was the character's name? The, the, the normal Marilyn. daughter. Marilyn. They're playing Marilyn's high school. Didn't they <laughs> and not see, and you that see, when they you see Fred Gwynn dancing to the song. It's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, didn't they not get freaked out to Herman and them? Yeah, they loved it. <laughs> Once they started. Yeah. Very cool. Now, it's funny because you you talk about someone getting freaked out. Uh, we're up to a specific uh, uh, band here that uh, you have a freak out story about them. Okay, imagine it's 1968 and uh, it's the last years, uh, or the last year of uh, God, the what had the doors on? Ed, Ed Sullivan show. Ed Sullivan. So he was desperate, so he would get any kind of uh, British band. So he got this brand down there called The Crazy World of Arthur Brown. And usually we have a new British band. All the British teeny bopper fans would come in. Mm-hmm. And imagine you're a British teeny bopper. Bobby Soxer likes that pop rock music. This is before hippie music went mainstream. And you're sitting there, and then this guy walks out in a certain morning of dress. (laughs) And then we have Ed going, and ladies and gentlemen, here is the crazy world of Arthur Brown. And then the (laughs) next second, you hear, I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire.
somehow Arthur Brown come out to do the song dress, Carl. <laughs> okay, so we talked a little bit about Screaming Jay Hawkins. So Arthur Brown was part of that um, uh, style. So he came out with this headdress with fire coming out of the headdress. And he come out in black and white makeup, sort of like what Kiss used to do, but in stripes. And uh, uh, he was one scary fucking dude. <laughs> Seriously. And while we and, were playing... The cameraman turned to the audience, and you seen <laughs> these middle-class kids who weren't exposed to counterculture yet, reeling in <laughs> horror, <laughs> not knowing what in the name of God was on that stage. <laughs> hey. Now, what other thing we have to say, okay? Because... Um, now, you notice the organ in the piece, right? Yeah. You know who that was? Who? That was Vincent Crane, who also broke off from him and started uh, Atomic Rooster. And then after Atomic <laughs> nice. Rooster, after Atomic Rooster went under, went back with, with Arthur Brown, and they're still playing clubs to yeah. this fucking day. I think they're both in their 70s or 80s. Seriously. He doesn't use the... And it wasn't a headdress. It was a top hat with deer antlers sticking out of it. Well, there were there were a number of them. There was the top hat with deer antlers. There was the headdress with the fire coming out of it. He did a whole shitload and, of them. <laughs> <laughs> and... and uh, they panned over after that to Ed Sullivan, and he had his hands in his face, and he was like, I'm done. <laughs> and that's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's always is, is on the King Crimson album. I've never been a big King Crimson fan. What about you? I, I, I'm, I think Robert Fripp is a genius. However, he's not everybody's genius. <laughs> and he's not exactly my genius either. Them. It's just one of those I can't just put on and listen for no reason. Right. But it's a hell of a song. 21st Century Schizoid Man is a hell of a song. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so, since Forky isn't here, Carl, what was it like growing with all of this dangerous music coming out? Well, it, it, it's funny, was, you know. You know, it's funny. I, I, we were just talking. I consider myself part of Generation Jones, so we're not baby boomers, but we were born between '58 and '64, '65. And so, some of the '60s stuff you get in the late '60s. Now, I was born in '58, so I had an older brother. So, <clears throat> listening to things like Led Zeppelin, Atomic Rooster, uh, stuff like that. I, and then also. Uh, hearing a song like Fire by, by Crazy World of Arthur Brown, which I friggin' loved. I owned the 45 of that when I was a kid. Um, yeah, you get, you, get, you get used to it and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and a lot of this stuff, you know, is, is, is just music that I grew up with. Um, yeah. 
and it's real. You know, I, I'm, I'm very privileged to be out of time to listen to all this. Yeah. Isn't that one of the greatest scenes in Almost Famous? Where he ha- finds a little note uh, from his sister that said, look under my bed. I don't remember it. So. And he pulls some... out her albums that she left him. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's labeled each one, listen to this. And it was like, uh, what, uh, let's see, uh, Led Zeppelin four, uh the Stooges, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that the whole thing. This, this music needs to be passed on from generation to generation. And, well, you know, I mean, I... Right. But I teach I teach kids at a small conservatory here in Jackson Heights, and and that's what you do. I I try to pass along this information, and listen to this, listen to that, and and that, and and, and it's a wonderful thing to discover new music that's old, because you start to see the foundations of what you like and where it came from, and it's a if wonderful thing. That motherfucker, when we were kids, they would go, you got to listen to this shit. You got to see this shit. I don't think we would have seen half of the crap we've seen. Let, let me tell you something. I'll tell you a story. And and actually, we're going to dedicate this not only to Sporky, we're going to dedicate it to this guy. When I moved to Bradford and, and my folks bought the music store, I was 14 years old. Yeah. And down the street about... Two doors or three doors down the street was a little head shop that had records. And I got to know the guy. The guy was name was Jerry Wallaby. Let me just tell you the two major bands he introduced me to, like within a week of going into that place. The oh. Kinks, the Kinks, and Frank Zappa. He is the yeah. reason I'm a Kinks. He's the reason. And it's it's people passing this stuff along and letting you listen to music and and, and that. It's it's a wonderful thing. And I implore everyone that listens to this to do it. Right. And the kinks were always there. And they were always cool, cool, you know. They weren't something you had to seek out. No, and in and, and this case, you did, because they, they were in that yeah. period of time where where they had uh, not been in the U.S. for quite a while, and they were trying to reestablish themselves, and and they weren't big sellers, and he, he introduced me. Uh, well, you remember, they were, remember they were caught in that trap. They weren't as bad boy as the Rolling Stones, but they weren't as... Accepted by the arty hippie crowd as the Who was. Well, the thing too is they were supremely English because they couldn't tour the U.S. So he turned his his gaze toward England, and so what they were listening, to, what they were talking about, most American audiences didn't get. The Village Preservation Society. I love. Fucking love that set. You know, Bob Pack Goldswig 
wants to make that into a movie, the, the two sets, the Preservation Act 1 and 2. I don't think he ever will, but God damn it would be cool. How funny is it that we've came from Old Villa, it was an obscure British album, to something that made a very great joke when they uh, played it in Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. But that's how music ages and stuff. Mm-hmm. Stuff that kids and young ones listen to now that they think are, you know, oh, this is cool. Was considered dangerous back then. Well, I can't no, or see what they listen- Underground. No, yeah, so I agree. That album could never be safe. No. And that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, and we don't talk about the political stuff, too, like the thugs. Thugs are never going to be fucking safe. Dead well, Kennedy, never going to be safe. Man. Yeah, MC5, never going to be safe. And that's cool. You need some of those. You literally MC5 need some of those. MC5 in the fucking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because they change shit. Yeah, I agree. Well, both you and I have bitched about that for the last three years. Yeah. That, that you know, they're up for it and they're not in. That's bullshit. Well, I know my favorite band will never make it in. Okay. Ben Lizzy. Yeah, and, and, and there Liar. are two and there are two musicians that won't make it in either for me. And that's Harry Nielsen. And the other one is fucking Jethro Tull. Well, Jethro Tull is. You know why Harry fucking... Nielsen won't make it in? Yeah, well, him. Uh, uh, well, both cases, him, uh, Jan Wenner was not fans of either of them. Even though Wenner is gone now. Well, you've heard the short story, right? Jan Wenner doesn't like you. Jan Wenner's a cocksucker. <laughs> Who said this? Was this uh, Harry? Yeah, someone said to Harry, Jan Winter doesn't like you. Jan Winter's a <laughs> cocksucker. <laughs> I love I, I, I love Harry. I fucking love Harry Dolphin. You talk about a punk. Someone with an attitude. Yeah, I mean that man really had fucking attitude. The Magic Christian is a punk movie. Oh yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. No question. A whole movie where the goal of it is proved that people are worthless pieces of shit who worship money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody has their price. And the ending of that movie still packs a fucking punch. Yeah. Seriously. We had scary music because you guys had scary music because you guys were living in scary times. Yeah, and and, and I think we're we're ripe for a comeback of it. I think oh, the God, political yeah. music is, you know, more than likely you'll never hear it on radio, but you'll it'll find a way out there. Who listens it to will. radio anymore? That's the oh, problem. Oh, my kids. There's no such thing as real radio anymore. You know, and if it is, it's a college station where you only get an hour of something. 
Yeah. Which is the way FMU is now, and that's unfortunate. Still a good station, but you have to program it. When we when we were young, we did we we ate we shit we fucked we danced we did everything to music. Mhm. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, hey, I told you so before. I remember when I was a kid, it'd be like, "Hey man, let's go out and do something." No man, we can't. Why? There's no batteries for the radio. Oh fuck that shit. We ain't doing nothing then. <laughs> Now, in my day, it was hang out at an apartment, get a couple of joints, and just listen to music. And uh, put out yeah. albums you've never heard before. Yeah, I can remember one what? night, it was a late night, they'd come back, and I hadn't gone to sleep yet because I was waiting to go home. And right. my mom and dad and my Aunt Linda and her husband, they were listening to AMFM. Oh, nice, uh, uh, the George Carlin. Yeah, and that's another thing. The comedy albums and music, yeah, those were there. Like, uh, what was it? Which one of the the Steely Dan songs? I forget the title of it. I was never a big Steely Dan fan, so I don't know. Well, you know what I'm talking about. You know, we talked about the Flying Colombian, the Cuervo Gold. I, I can't. I I don't know. Well, basically, he says you know, getting together with a friend, female, of course, with some mm-hmm. good weed, booze, and some good music on the stereo. That's a fucking perfect Saturday night ender. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you know, we did uh, that. It's too. We ended up going home after going out to the movies or anything, and come home, put on some fucking music. Yeah. Absolutely. Great stuff. And so, and so we you. wanted Go ahead. So what I want to do is we wanted to thank Sp- Sporky for being on. We know you're not feeling well, sweetie. We love you dearly. Uh, just feel better. And you're always welcome on. And just don't forget, you are one of us. Your family. We love you. That's yeah. a fucking lootless. And tomorrow night, you're stuck in the house. You can't go out. It's Friday the 13th. Well, tune in. We listen to me and Fred Gorey as we watch Friday the 13th, Part 7. It will be up at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. So watch it and forget about the world for a while. Yeah, I'll be doing a church service. between the day in the 70s? Today we come home, we sit, and we worry, and we don't do shit. In the 70s... In the 70s, we came home, smoked dope, and listened to music, and didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, we we get to booze, too. <coughs> true. Very true. But don't forget, take care of the ones you love, and love the ones you take care of. And always, be safe. Make sure to listen to the next show. Make sure to stay around long enough to listen to the next show. Absolutely. And And be careful out there, guys. Hopefully we ain't doing a Captain Trips thing. Right, exactly. We'll get through it, all right? Just be careful out there. We love you all. And uh, we'll, we'll 
talk to you next week for sure. And after this is over, wash your hands still, for fuck's sake, ass motherfuckers. <laughs> and in all seriousness, yes, fuck Dad. Okay, Dad. <laughs> no, really, fuck hand sanitizer. Use soap. Yep. Soap you stops soap. the black plague. Soap saves lives during the war, Civil War, back when they didn't have all these fancy medicines nowadays. So why are you wanting alcohol on your hands? Yeah. Save it for the liquor cabinet. Absolutely. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you, Sporky. We love you.